Begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It is Chris, aka Staraptor, here with Ben for Outer Rim Transmission. This is episode 123. We are talking tonight about Ahsoka episode 6, titled Far, Far Away. So much to get into with this episode. The introduction of Night Sisters, the introduction of the long-awaited Grand Admiral Thrawn, and, spoiler alert, we know we get into spoilers all the time, they have finally found Ezra. Sabine has found Ezra. So there's so much to get into this episode. So much lore, as you put it, before the show, Ben. So much loose ends getting tied up already. And there's still two more episodes after this one tonight that we're talking about. So, yeah, cannot wait to get into it. So much excitement is about to come our way. So what's going on, Ben? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been a, it's been a nice weekend for me uh, just watching football all weekend basically and just doing the normal fitness stuff and i've been looking forward to talking about this episode i mean it was such a good episode like you said there was so much involved in it so many so many things that we saw so many things that we can theorize about so many things that we can speculate about going into next and in actually not even next week two days from now um and it's just it's exciting that we're that you know there's so much excitement around the show like i actually see like you know, people like speculating, theorizing, and just talking about this show, it feels like a lot more, you know, like I said before, since Mando season two, I don't think we've had this type of like fan talk in the community. You know, you see a lot more people like posting videos, posting stuff on social media. And now, like, the good thing with this show, don't get me wrong, um, you know, you can critique, you know, critiquing things aren't negative. But the good thing about this show is, like, the stuff you see people talking about online, it's not like critiquing, like debating critiques of the show. It's people actually having fun debating like theories and ideas each week going into the different episodes and stuff. Like, you know, this coming week, you know, I've seen a lot of people already talking about like the night troopers and stuff like, you know, so that's like a thing a lot of people are talking about. Um, So, you know, it's just, it's great getting to see the fans having fun with star Wars versus just infighting, you know? Yeah, it's very much a different vibe from a long time ago. A long time ago. I wouldn't even say a long time ago, but just, uh, you know, Last Jedi is the first thing that spawned it. Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Book of Boba yep. Fett had some negativity. Mandalorian Season 3, I, I don't know. It's just I think a lot of people just didn't really like it, so it doesn't really count as polarizing, but Andor yeah. certainly was polarizing. Um, on this very show, we are still polarized to this day <laughs> about Andor, and... I don't think either of us will ever let that down, but that's a whole other thing, right? But that's hey, that's that's the fun of it though. Like, like, see, that's this that's the thing with Star Wars Online. You know, over the past few years, like people have been put in an angle or like put things in an angle. You have to be in one camp or the other, and if you're in the opposite camps camps of each other, you have to hate each other. And like, you know, you and me, you love Andor. I really don't like that show like there are good qualities to it but i don't like it and you know we can still be friends we talk every day basically but the thing is the internet would have you believe like there shouldn't be a single way we should be able to do a podcast together every week talking about star wars because we have different opinions like so it, it's nice that like you know here at outer rim transmission like all of us can just like hey have our opinions you know have fun with it like you know you always crack jokes or poke at me about andor and stuff and i'll poke back about it whatever but it's all in fun. But like the internet, <laughs> the internet just makes it seem like, man, if we have a different opinion, like I shouldn't even talk to you, which is like completely wrong. It's like, it's just a movie franchise at the end of the day. It's like, have fun with it, people. Yeah, seriously. That's the end of all, all B-Hall right here on Outer Room Transmission. We are a very positive Star Wars community. 
Um, yeah. And that leads me to transition into some housekeeping. So, yes, we go live every Sunday around 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we also are available to have our, our episodes downloadable in any podcast streaming app of your choice, Spotify, Apple. Make sure you go ahead and give us a five-star rating to help make it easier to find our podcast, Out of Room Transmission. Yes, I am also part of the Tractor Beam Weekly Comics Podcast with Matthew from Ion Cannon and the Star Wars Underworld Network. We go live every Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, or 12.15 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, to talk the latest in Star Wars comics. So we would love you guys to bring your comics, bring your lunch, and take your lunch break with us as we dive into the latest that is Marvel and Dark Horse and everything in between on the printed page. I think that about does it. Um, yeah, of course, I always have my comic books that came out that I talk about. Uh, this week we have Bounty Hunters issue number 38, and D-Squad issue number one. Yes, D-Squad, as in they have a reimagined D-Squad from the Clone Wars. Yeah, we have a couple characters, R2, uh, Whack. Um, so that's that's kind of fun so far. It ties into the Dark Droid storyline. But yeah, good stuff there. And if you catch us live, you can always be a part and a participant of our live chat. We would love for you guys to join in on the banter, join in on the speculation, the theorizing, all the fun stuff that a lot of the times... People in the chat will bring up really good points that I do my best to kind of keep updated as we are live. And like last week, there was a couple comments that came in and I'm reacting to, oh my gosh, those are such great ideas. Um, I probably should go back in time and like see if any of those actually came to fruition because some of them are really good ideas and we would love to hear your good ideas by joining us live every Sunday in the chat at 7 p.m. Eastern on youtube.com slash Raptor. So with that done and out of the way i want to devote this entire hour to this episode because i could probably go on a lot longer than an hour but we try to keep things concise here at Outer room transmission but overall thoughts on this episode are i really like this episode ben i i like i said in the chat i think if you strip away a lot of the nostalgia and stuff this is a, still a pretty good episode i mean what this episode did was it pushed the, the plot forward and I got to congratulate everybody that's on the team here, especially with Floney as the head writer, is the momentum that this series has. It doesn't take a breath. Every episode, we are getting some really good resolution and still throwing in some really intriguing storylines and ideas. And that kind of, like you said, stoked the community on the weeks between to really get into everything um, as far as like, oh, this is Star Wars. This is our our um, speculation, right? So really enjoying that. Um, but yeah, just big moments. Night Sisters looked awesome. That We're going to spend most of the time probably just talking about Thrawn, entrance, his demeanor, everything, the dialogue, everything there. Um, Ezra, the creatures looked awesome. The music was awesome. The special effects were awesome. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just very, very positive on this episode. What about you, Ben? Oh yeah, this is... I mean, I loved this episode. I thought it was was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, like for me, I don't mind like any type of nostalgia as long as it's done well, which this was done well. So hey, cool. Um, and then like even at that, I think they just did an overall really good job with the episode from you know the characters to the story to like pushing the story forward. Plus, also, it felt like it was a good episode coming off of the high of last week with the. Um, 
with all the stuff mm. that went on last week. Like, just because the thing is with all these series and any series, really, I mean, you could see it with Game of Thrones. You can see it with anything like a show has a high episode like that. There's always, always a slower episode yeah, or a, a slowish episode. It doesn't matter what series it is. You can go to any series in history and I'd be willing to bet you if you have a halfway, like a midpoint episode that's high, I guarantee like, like they always did that on Arrow. Arrow would always have their mid season finale. And then the very next episode would be like just kind of a slow character story episode. That's it. And that's pretty much what we got here. But the good thing is with this one, you know, we got a lot of cool stuff that went oh, into yeah. this episode. So like, you know, for me, it's fine. So I, uh, I really enjoyed it. And then, like I said, the characters, like from, you know, obviously Ezra to Thrawn to, um, to the Nodi, the, the creatures, um, oh. to the night sisters, to the night troopers, like all the stuff surrounding them and even Captain Enoch and his mm-hmm. unique look. Um, I'm just really excited to see where the story goes. Also, there's a lot of things that we can discuss about um, in terms like details on, you know, what's this about, what's that about. But those are kind of like my initial impression impressions okay. of the episode. And I feel like it's a good setup for the final two. And also, you know, something to keep in mind, like while we're talking about all these things, like, like folks, when you're like listening to this podcast and watching Ahsoka, like this is going to be our only Star Wars content for quite some time. So like definitely like brace yourselves, like, you know, breathe, you know, take, take this all in for mm-hmm. the next few weeks. Because we might be in like uh, it's like the whole winter is coming thing in Game yeah, of Thrones. Really. But we, we we might be in like some dark times for a while until the next bit of Star Wars content. So try to like soak it in as much as you can, like the hype and anticipation of building yep. up to the next episode because it might be a while. Yeah, we have Real Farm Boy. Thanks for joining us live and thanks for promoting the podcast. I see what you're doing out there on X or Twitterland. Very good positive uh, Twitter handler uh, that is listening to the latest and greatest Star Wars podcast, so definitely give him a follow. But yeah, howdy, Ben and Chris. I was blown away by part six, and it looks like so were me and Ben. So we're going to get into it. As we do, we're going to go in from kind of chronological order. And I didn't think Ahsoka would be in this episode really at all, but I was happy to at least see her for just a few minutes, just getting inside the head of Hu Wang. And oh my gosh, how meta was this Ben? When Hugh Wang just decides, I have all these stories, and I'm, he's, is he the narrator of Star Wars? Yep. I know that, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I know whether Dave confirms it or not, to me anyways, and to many other Star Wars fans I've seen online, the new headcanon retcon is Hugh Wang is the narrator of all the Star Wars movies and anything we see in Star Wars now, because it has to be. Why else would they have Hugh Wang do the introduction to the crawl? So that means he is the narrator and he's been around all these generations. Like he's talked about it. So he's been around all the content we've seen. So that means he's going to be narrating or he's the narrator of, Mm -hmm. you know, the prequels, sequels, original trilogy, all and everything else in between. So I loved it. Yeah, it it was a nice touch. It was a very nice touch. Uh, We always thought that like R2 and C3PO, right? New Hope, you spawn in to that storyline you're you're going from their perspective so it was always kind of like that's who they are but was it ever really confirmed but yeah as we know according to the star wars timelines book you can't really see it behind me but it is there he is dating back to like twenty five thousand bby or something crazy like that he even mentions oh i'm still mainly 75 percent like 
original parts somehow from all the way back then at one point in the series. But yeah, I thought that was a cool touch, just like this moment, because he is a character that has encountered so much um, with all the different Jedi. You figure he is full of stories. I want to know the stories he was telling Ahsoka. I'm guessing it's the same stories that maybe Balin Skull knew about Peridia. But um, yeah, I thought that was awesome. By the way, as we're at this area in the actual show, just seeing the subtle change of what hyperspace tunnels look like through the perspective of the Purgle, I thought that looked awesome. The visual effects were, were awesome. And then cutting from that to the Eye of Scion coming out of hyperspace, and it was like a storm. I, I absolutely love the effect of the of just hyperspace and just the idea of us seeing hyperspace for 40-something years now. And then one show comes out and it's able to show different variations of what hyperspace looks like besides High Republic with the Path Engine. Yeah, shout out to Matthew from Ion Cannon. <laughs> well, I mean, you have that. And then also, um, even before we, we saw the Eye of Cyan pop out, you know, um, I like how they added in far, far away underneath the Ahsoka title when it popped up, like, you know, signifying, hey, like, this galaxy is also far, far away, like, that there our heroes are traveling to. So I like that they even added that in as a as a subtitle as well. So, you know, that whole sequence was really cool. And, you know, like you said, it was it was neat seeing, like, the Eye of Scion, like, popping out. Um, it was kind of like, it was kind of like a little dark on... Um, like what Balin and the witches were talking about though, because if you think about it, it's kind of like like morbid or a little dark that like he's talking about the whales come there to die. So that means we just saw Ahsoka's whales yeah, yeah, yeah. like tech, uh, I'm like Ahsoka's whales like going there to die. So it's like ooh man, like that's kind of dark. But um, but I like I I like that there's like an explanation because the thing is, um, they have to have like an explanation in universe as to why. You know, why out of all locations in the whole billions of light years of galaxy, why would the whales choose to go there? But I mean, you know, if that's their like resting place, then that would explain why Ahsoka is going there. And then, you know, that would show why she's going there just because like, hey, that's where the Purgle went with Ezra. Yeah, it's a very interesting concept and it is making things for me make a lot more sense when it seems like there's there these are the two spots between the galaxies that you're going to end up you're going to either end up a prettier or you're going to either end up what what the what's the location where they leave from that planet i, I forget the name darkana uh, arcana or i think Dark it's dark darkana with a d as in dog oh darkana. okay so darkana and pretty are basically linked between purgle as like the exit points or what have you so that's yep. interesting because it's like okay on Lothal, they they jump, and I guess well, I guess Peridia uh, is like the first planet they'll ever end up to when they go to the other galaxy. I guess, I guess these Purgle that showed up at Darkana happened. They, I guess, every Purgle has the knowledge of of going to Peridia somehow. But I thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, that's a cool planet from a distance. It's like, oh, it's got like you know the asteroid belt around it, like Geonosis or something. But like, no, that's just fossilized bones of Purgle. So I thought that was a really cool artistic choice, but a really good storytelling choice at the same time. But it definitely makes this planet that's steeped in magic already like that much more iconic for me, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it definitely adds more into that whole um, 
interesting factor to it all. I mean, it'll, I mean, it adds into it even later in the episode when we get Balin talking about the place. So, like, I am, um, I don't know. I th- I'm really excited to see what we get out of Peridia in these final two episodes. I really am because, like, there's a lot of potential here. Oh, yeah. A lot of potential for sure. Um, what I was very pleasantly surprised by, I put out a, um, I put out a message earlier to one of, you, one of you guys before the episode came out. I said, my luck, this episode is just going to be a bunch of people talking on the Eye of Scion. It's going to be Balance uh, Skull talking to his, his Padawan, and somebody's going to be talking to Sabine. Somebody's going to be talking about Morgan Elsbeth, and 45 minutes will go by, and then they'll appear at the planet, and that's how the episode's going to end. So I was so psyched when they actually get down to the planet, and... I had no idea there was going to be legit Night Sisters. I was always kind of rubbed the wrong way a little bit when Morgan Elspeth was like, you know, said to have been a Night Sister because she doesn't really look like a Night Sister. She's more human than anything else. She looks, I guess, like Marin from Jedi Survivor rather than Marin from Jedi Fallen Order, right? Like she's the much more human looking Night Sister. But the fact that we actually got the Great Mothers, so that's another thing entirely i'm already intrigued because you have three of them they're called great mothers but then you have mother talzin from dathomir so it's like there's already so much added to the night sister lore about this is where the ancestors originally were did they say they rode purgle or is that just in my mind no they said that wow that's insane so we the night sisters are literally from another galaxy and they settled on Dathomir because I'm guessing the power of the magic uh, was very strong. Kind of like how certain planets like Dagobah has this innate ability of the force or an innate force vergences and whatnot, like the caves yep. and stuff. So already, like if the, if the episode ended here, I would have been like, yes, this episode is great already because we're adding to Star Wars lore. There's a moment when they mention that Ezra, that that Sabine is strong in the Force. Like, oh, what is she doing here, the Jedi or something? Like, that's the first time she was acknowledged by anybody to actually even being anywhere near strong in the Force. So that automatically yep. adds to her character joiner of like, oh, we have to still pay attention to her because apparently these strong Force users, they're saying that she is the potential to be a, a strong Force user. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they said she reeks of Jedi, so. You know, it's like, what does that mean? Um, also, it makes you wonder as well. I mean, you have that. But I think I think there's a couple potentials with that whole um, dialogue bit. Like, you have her saying, you know, Reeks of Jedi. You know, is she talking about Sabine directly? Or is it because Sabine was around Balin and Shin and maybe one of those two will eventually turn? You know, that's something mm-hmm. to consider, I think, as well. Just because, like... Like like with Balin, for example, I don't I, I think he doesn't really give two craps about Thrawn's mission. Um, you know, like it just seems like he's just I mean I mean he even talks about like there being more. Um so like I just think yeah, it's like we gotta either pay attention to Sabine or like maybe it's something to do with Balin potentially. Um so like you have those. Um and yeah, it just I don't know, this whole sequence like with, with the great mothers and Sabine, it just was really um, I don't know, like all of this entire episode, I was just sitting on the edge of my seat, like, oh mm-hmm. man, this is like lore building, lore building, lore building, lore mm-hmm. building. Like, I just loved it. That's great because 
it's Dave Filoni, right? So this is the guy that learned from George Lucas. So this lore is is really powerful because this is coming from the man with the hat himself, right? So he is actively building upon what Lucas had mentored toward him. So that's what makes this really special is like, yeah, that, they're not going to, you know, Lucasfilm is probably not going to let just any random writer tackle something as big as what happens with another galaxy in Star Wars, you know? That is pretty foundational beyond anything in lore we've gotten in star wars to this day just the idea that there is another not not solar system an entire galaxy that has tons and tons of solar systems i could do an entire video an entire podcast for two hours just on the 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 uh, the limitations and the overall idea of what that could mean for all of star wars so well that's, I mean, hey, that's an idea for a podcast. Once Ahsoka ends, we could do a full hour podcast on that, even. <laughs> yeah, sure could. Oh, man. But yeah, so so getting into it, I guess the next big thing, we got to tackle it. The arrival of Thrawn. I, I really, again, this is one of those things they mentioned Thrawn. I, I mean, I'm a big watcher of Game of Thrones and other serialized TV well, where it's like... Well, one second, Chris. Okay, so I do got a Thrawn there. I don't know about you, but did you get extremely nervous when the great mother was like you gotta wait on thrawn i was like oh no yeah. this is gonna be this is gonna be till the final five seconds exactly. of the episode isn't it no no, no. i was thinking it was gonna, yeah so when, I, when she said that, i was like oh I, I just like groaned out loud i said uh, oh we're gonna be waiting till the last episode now for him to finally get up to, to show up here at this place so again it's just like i was saying about the ship i'm pleasantly surprised because then all of a sudden a freaking chimera just shows up in the sky and it was the most glorious thing ever. So just the idea of the chimera as if you're a Rebels watcher, if you are just a fan of Thrawn from the books, you know about a Star Destroyer. Didn't even have to explain it. Yep, you got the logo on the bottom of the Star Destroyer. You know that's a chimera. I love the attention to detail where it's so battle damaged. Somebody even online said like, there's no way this thing could have traveled far because like its main thrusters aren't even powered on. Like this thing is like limping basically through the sky. Um, yeah, so what'd you think about just like the appearance of the Chimera and just like its symbolism and all? Yeah, I mean, I thought they nailed it. Like it looked, like you said, it looked great. It looked accurate for be it being damaged and like, you know, ripped away by Perkle across the entire galaxy so i thought that was um really well translated from rebels to this show um and yeah like you know like you said the anticip anticipation just like built and built because it's like oh man we're getting thrown like right now we're not even having to wait until the final five seconds of this episode or the last episode of the season like we're getting him now so like it was just uh it was just incredible like seeing those shots of the chimera and like just wait you know we're eventually I mean, I'm assuming anyway, we're eventually going to be seeing him like, you know, the Chimera in full-fledged probably like flying off or like doing something with the Eye of Scion eventually. So like, I can't wait to see it more in action. And I think like one of my long-term, of course, not like for this series, because I don't think we'll see them unite in this series, but I can't wait to see eventually maybe in like Mando season four or a second season of this show or something to see when Thrawn and Paleon um, eventually meet up. Oh, that'll that'll be an epic moment. That will be an epic moment for sure. But yeah, I mean, just breaking it down without without waiting any longer. But just yeah. the idea that the mag, the, the the importance of this of this entire scene, I 
I knew it was coming. We knew, we all knew it was coming. Lars was all over the promotion. He was all over the promotion. We've seen Lars Mikkelsen's face painted blue for several months at this point. So it's just a matter of how are they going to do it? Are they going to pull it off? How magnificent is the entrance going to be? And I could say the fanfare was done perfectly. I've watched this moment so many damn times at this point. I've only watched the episode once, but I've been going back specifically to the Thrawn scenes, repeatedly just watching the Thrawn scenes. Not saying the rest of the episode is bad. It's just I'm just such a big fan of the character. And just the way he's he's heralded by these creatures, I would say, I would call them creatures because it's like, wait, since when have Stormtroopers chanted out somebody's name like syncophants or like fan fanatics essentially and what the hell like like there's something off about them like they got these strips of clothing on them and then you turn around and you see this commander unak guy and he, this guy looks like something straight out of like the coliseum of rome or something you know like i just it blew my mind about these troopers i have so much speculation as we'll get into about these troopers but just the way that they were presented as Thrawn's like noble bodyguards, essentially, and just but they are very formal, right? This reminded me of something straight out of Return of the Jedi with the Emperor walking down the aisle, and you get to see him for the first time in the hangar bay, exiting the Lambda Cloud shuttle. I got the same vibes from this one. So not even yeah. hear not even hearing Thrawn, but just the build-up. Like I love how the cinema cinematography is done, showing from a high angle all the way from behind his head. Showing like the boot angle of the troopers and seeing his him from the side, seeing his boots, and then finally seeing him and like delivering one of the most badass lines of like, and you thought I was just a, a fantasy or or something like that, and it's like you're in trouble now or something. Basically, it's like yeah, somebody messed up, and this threat is uh, my threat level is as out there. Whoever did this. Uh, thank you, but now the galaxy is mine. Basically, like, he is so arrogant and so in control as Thrawn would be, but yeah, it's enough of me talking. You know? What was the reaction just to the overall sequence and all of, of, of build-up to his event? Well, for starters, I, I did think, I thought, oh man, when he said that line, I thought, man, all those Imperial warlords that were talking crap, or especially Gideon, were talking crap about him are going to be in trouble eventually when he, when he meets them. Um... And then, yeah, like, just his entrance, like you said, his entrance was incredible. Like, the buildup was incredible. It reminded me from, um, you know, it reminded me of, like, your Roman Colosseum, like, the Emperor, like, showing up or whatever. So, like, it was, um, it was really cool seeing, like, just the way he looked, the, you know, the way he moved. Um, Lars nailed it. And, of course, the voice sounded perfect because he's Thrawn's voice. So, like, it was amazing like getting to see him and like you said to see the night troopers like chanting Thrawn and um like you know just acting so weird and then like even Captain Enoch um like even talked in like a weird language at one point in the episode which was interesting um so it's just like it's definitely interesting to see um to see the troopers act that way to Thrawn and like it was such like a grand you know grand entrance for a grand admiral but it was um and like you said, this whole sequence has so many things layered into it that maybe, say, a casual fan wouldn't pick up on just mm -hmm. because of, like, hey, you know, they're focused on Thrawn, obviously, because, like, that's what it was really intended to. But, like, you know, when you look at the troopers, they had the same, like, little wrapping as Maroc did. So, Wait, to really? me, like, yeah, like, that was, like, the same, like, little thread thing. 
Um, uh, so I look at a picture of Morocco real quick. Keep talking. <laughs> yeah. So like, cause I saw someone post a picture over the weekend. Um, it was like a side by side on Twitter or X, I guess, if you call it, but, um, it was like a side by side and it was, it was like, he had the same thing as Morocco did, um, when Morocco had died or like the, they did. So like, to me, I don't know how they're going to pull it off or do it, but like, to me, that means the, the troopers are just like, like night sister controlled or something. Like, and, and it's just like, what in the world? Like, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess if you think about it this way, I guess we can like be in kind of like semi-speculation territory right here. But like, I guess if you view it this way, how how's Thrawn and these characters gonna be a threat for the galaxy when the Imperial then when the Imperials have been disbanded and taken care of? Like, I guess the only way you do it is you give him an army or a bunch of troopers that are like controlled mm. by night sister magic and then have the night sisters on his side plus potentially Balin and Shin. So like that's a pretty good threat to like Luke Leia, the Rebels crew and everybody like you know, so like it's a it's a big threat to the galaxy. So like to me like that's probably how they're going to do it, but it's going to be interesting just to see because like all right, you have this sequence playing out with Thrawn and the in the night troopers. Um and then you also have you know, the gist of, like, why the episode took or um, isn't, like, progressing uh, in, in in the world, in, in the um, in the actual world, not not our time, but, like, in the world, it's taking three days because, oh, yeah. I mean, when you when you watch the episode, the, why are the why are the Night Sisters moving like, you know, it looks almost like coffins out of the catacombs, like yeah. some of those boxes. So it's like, what in the world? Oh. Like, what are they doing? Like, because they're, you know, they said it'll take three days to move whatever. It, it'll take three days to move the items or, or whatever they were out of the catacombs. Oh, my like, gosh. What's in the catacombs is the question. Because three days, that's 72 hours straight. If you think, I mean, I guarantee you Thrawn's not letting his troopers take breaks. So it's probably 72 hours straight. So what is going on? They are um, moving out. Question. They are moving out. I didn't think about this. They're moving out all the all the old Night Sisters. And they're yep. gonna re they're gonna resuscitate them, and they're gonna unleash them on different planets in the outer rim, and they're gonna just completely be taking over things. It's gonna be nuts. Yep. It's gonna be. Can you imagine seeing you, how? It's gonna be a TVMA episode whenever that airs because I don't think kids are gonna really be able to sleep at night when they see the Night Sisters zombies. Those things were creepy enough in Clone Wars. Can you imagine them in live action? Even with Jedi Fallen Order, I was like, ooh, running around, you know. Oh man, you know what I just thought of actually on the spot? Um think about this from like that perspective, like the night sister magic thing. So what if they you know, we like let's let's just lay in the camp of say the night troopers are reanimated stormtroopers. Let's just go with that for a second. So like what if what if the night sisters potentially like you said reanimate night sisters or I, I don't know if there's night brothers, but night sisters um what if they do that though and like you said to unleash them on other planets but here's an idea chris what if they what if they go and unleash them to like i don't know where imperials have died before or something you know what i mean like like because uh. if you have all these night troopers here on thrawn's ship let's say potentially reanimated or something like could they go to i don't know Endor, I guess, or like you know, somewhere that has like yeah. a bunch of dead Imperials and potentially bring back a bunch of art, you know, army, you oh, know, to oh build an army for Thrawn. Yeah, like, this is 
because because they have to build some type of a mega threat for like you know the mando peep the mando crew as well as the new republic oh my gosh i have to go back now See, this is what happens when you have a good episode, people. We start thinking about theories on the spot. <laughs> so go with us on this journey. Uh, we're happy you're here listening as we're thinking. As you can hear our gears and our brains turning, we're thinking here on the spot. But I think Commander Enoch or the Stormtroopers, probably their voice probably resembles Maroc's voice because I remember Maroc's voice being like very warbly and like electronic focus. And then I heard these stormtroopers and said, Oh, something's off about their voice. And then, so like Filoni's been, you know, planting the seeds with Maroc and like, Oh, why is this guy so mysterious? Why isn't he not taking his helmet off? And we see how he dies. And it was such an unnatural scream and stuff. It's like, what the hell is that dust? So the seeds were planted. I like how it's like, any good reveal it's like oh i should have seen this coming right like there should have been things to kind of lead you up to oh i see how that was how that was linked so Morocco is just like that seed that has been planted to get the viewer to be like ah i see the whole time morgan elsbeth had bewitched this inquisitor they found somewhere but yep. i mean yeah. you have that also an interesting thing too i love all the mythological and different things Dave's like weaving into this series, just in terms of the naming of the characters. Like you have Balin Skull and Shen Hati, which are both like, you know, Norse legends. And then even Enoch is a biblical um, figure, actually, who um, like the basic, uh, like two second rundown on his, and the Enoch story from like the biblical sense is like, it's pretty much like a, like a fallen, like a fallen archangel or something Mm -hmm. um, that eventually like, you know, was able to like go into heaven with like walk in heaven with God without dying or something. So it just makes you wonder like what Dave's up to with all these like mythological and biblical connections. And it's, it's cool because like you pointed out, like he's been mentored so much by George Lucas. Like that is such like a George Lucas thing to do, like name a character directly after a biblical figure or a North mythology figure or whatever. Like it's great seeing like Dave include these type of connections. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. And, and something that I thought was really interesting about Thrawn was this whole idea, right? We are approximately 10 years after the events of when they got pulled by the, the Purgles. They've been out, Ezra, Thrawn, this, whoever's left on the stars for 10 years. So obviously the Star Destroyers, you know, we learned from somebody in our chat last week, 60,000 members aboard, aboard a Star Destroyer. Thrawn was saying something, okay, so basically, they want to send reinforcements to go after Sabine and Ezra, um, so Morgan questioned him, or somebody questioned Thrawn about his tactics, of, oh, we're going to just send out two deployments, and Thrawn de- replied, oh, my forces are, are, are dwindling, or something, like, like, basically, like, hinting at they've been fighting a battle against some other entity and they've they the the men they have are very precious at this point they can't lose many so they can't send their whole army after sabine so that's one point that i think is going to come back at some sometime be like okay what is this other threat in the galaxy come on i hope we get that answer at some point <laughs> this se- yeah. in this season at least <laughs> yeah i know i know my buddy uh my buddy Star Wars Santa is always saying, come on, all he needs to do is just reference the Grisk at one yeah, point. Yeah, I know, really, come um, on, come on, come on. Um, but yeah, see, I also do think, like, again, 
like you said, Dave's putting in little breadcrumbs and stuff. Okay, he's saying he's putting in this episode, his forces are dwindling. That means eventually his forces are going to be, you know, expanded, like probably huge or something. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's just like the build up to like, you know, he's planting that seed in the audience's mind of like Thrawn saying, oh, our forces are dwindling to build it up to a boom. Thrawn has an army eventually, you know, what I, you know, so mm -hmm. like, I think that's what Dave's doing there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just good. I don't know. I feel like he does these. He 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 really has made these episodes in such a nice way where like every scene, there's something to talk about. Yeah, this this feels this is how Rebels was back in the day, right? Like the, the later episodes of Rebels, they were so important. There was so much to glean. That was animation. This is live action. So there's even more stuff to sink our teeth into the performances of the actors themselves. I love Laurels Mickelson is picking things right up where he left off in Rebels season four, right? It's just, he doesn't need to yell at anybody. He doesn't need to just like, he, he's got the presence. He could just, you could tell this guy's got command. Like he, he's in charge and just everything about like that interaction with him and Sabine was great, right? That That's something that I never would have thought I would have seen. Just like these two animated characters going at it. And he's like, oh, it's, not, it's so nice to see a friendly face. You know, like all these like little, little interactions and the fact that he's always so far ahead, like he just releases her. He's just like, yeah. I'll release you now. I'll go find him. Whatever. You'll probably be dead anyway. So what is no skin off my back? Yeah, I I love that whole sequence. Like them talking. Like you said, it was just it was something I would have never imagined. I've seen like you know if, if we rewind five years five years ago, I would have never imagined us getting rebels in live action like this. Um, so it's just so incredible getting to see these moments in live action, and you know I loved that Thrawn doesn't care. Like, he's like, yeah, go ahead. Like, you know, give her a weapon and some rations or something and go be about your business. Just because it's like, he he doesn't care. Like, you know, he probably hasn't cared really. I mean, obviously Ezra's probably like hiding or something at this point. Um, or he probably has been or evading him. But at this point in theory, like Thrawn doesn't care what Ezra or Sermin's up to because at the end of the day, he's like, how are they going to get off the planet? There's no ships other than mine. So like, have at it go go play in the mountains it doesn't matter like yeah no it's uh it's interesting so another thing i really like about thrawn is this episode shows you this guy's not messing around he's not gonna be a mustache trilling villain that's gonna get defeated week by week like he is thinking ahead and the idea of how he thinks about troopers as expendable as every as, as a lot of leaders do, not every leader does, and that's for another thing. But the idea that he was like, oh, yeah, what what if Balin and, and Shin don't come back in time? And he's just like, well, that's their fate. I'm, we're going to leave them there. And I think that also leads the door, leaves the door open for Balin and Shin to get into a moment where Thrawn is like trying to leave without them. And then they're going to be like, well, screw this guy. He doesn't care about us. We don't need him anymore. And you were saying off the top of the, of the episode about how he's pro they're probably not even cared about Thrawn in the first place anyway. And then we hear, I know I might be getting ahead of myself about, you know, Balin is sensing something through the force on this planet specifically. So I have no idea what that is. Although apparently the whole community thinks it's some legends character I've never heard or seen about. But anyway, I know I talked about three points right there in one statement, but um, anyway, yeah. What would you think about 
What did you think about Thrawn and his demeanor? And we haven't really seen him using any tactics yet, but do you like the way he's portrayed in live action? Yeah, oh yeah, I think his portrayal's excellent. Like, Lars, like, Lars nailed just the mannerisms of Thrawn, in my opinion. Just like, you know, how he moves, how he looks, how he looks at characters, you know, how he moves his eyes, like, just everything. The eyes look great, by the way. Yeah. Um, like I was, that was my that was my concern with Thrawn going into this whole theory series. Even though we saw him in the trailer, still was my concern was like, how will his eyes look in live action? And they look great. Like there's no issue there. So, um, I thought he looked he like his mannerisms, everything like just checks all the boxes. And um, yeah, like you said, uh, you have his whole interaction already. Like with, like he doesn't really care for Balin and Shin already, which to me. That's also foreshadowing potentially for mm-hmm. something um, like something bigger with like Balin and Shin like down the road. Either either I don't know. Either they're going to turn on Thrawn and, and the Imperial people, or they're going to like maybe maybe Thrawn tries to like say hey let's like get rid of these people and like tries to off them and then they join Ezra and the gang or something like like maybe it's something along those lines. But also, like, the thing is, when it comes to the whole sequence with, like, Thrawn, like, talking about them, it just, to me, I think what they're going to do is, like, they're setting up all this stuff with Thrawn because, like, like we got to get to the end of this series. I think, I mean, I think we're going to, but we're going to get to the end of this first season, and, like, Thrawn's going to be a, probably going to pull a big trick on, like, Ahsoka and the good guys, you know? Like, like just to like set the tone of like hey this character is the bad guy of the of the universe right now like so you know it's just the whole pull the pull the carpet out from underneath all of them at the last second when they're not expecting it like maybe maybe we get something like like i i, I don't even know maybe ahsoka and ezra think they have something won and then they don't like um so i think there's that possibility um but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think they've done a done a great job already, and you know, we're barely like into the Thrawn stuff in this episode. Yeah, like I keep saying, they cover so much ground. Speaking of covering ground, we get to see some really cool creatures that cover ground for Sabine, and that is this thing called a Howler. This, I'm telling you, like they made this planet feel like it was in a different galaxy. It really, truly did. Like these these creatures look like something out of an 80s fantasy movie like labyrinth or like dark crystal or something like you could tell it's a puppet in a lot of those scenes like it's actually a man prop it's actually a prop and then you know it's going to be animated but i feel like there's a lot of life in that creature and just like the little funny interactions that sabine has it's kind of reminds me of like lord of the rings just like traveling the countryside like these grand vistas and just overall again the production quality of this show just still sticks the landing every episode there's nothing in here that I really go oh that's looking cheap but i like the whole hero's journey that that's being goes on in this oh yeah i i thought her whole journey um to find ezra was was done really well it was a nice it was a nice adventurous journey like like this episode i think i mentioned it in our group chat um but when, uh, when the episode first came out to me like it really felt like like, this episode, of course it's Star Wars, but like you said, it feels like it's a different galaxy in terms of, like, location. Obviously, it isn't in-universe. Um, but but to me, it feels like it's kind of like we went back to a new hope of, like, oh, man, this all feels new. Like, you know, everything feels new. The location, um, the environments, the animals, 
the creature, the noty creatures as well that we're going to see with Ezra, and then even, um, you know, even just the way the stormtroopers looked. So like, you know, it just felt like it was like a whole new Star Wars, basically. You know? Yeah. No. This is this is something I've been so curious about. It's just what does a new Star Wars galaxy looks like? Look like? Like, what are the differences? Obviously, every planet in a known galaxy is different enough but then it's still like oh this is a peek at something new in star wars i loved it um and also like those little shell creatures that she finds in the village with ezra i thought those were really cool too it's like one of these like little koopa things from but they're eye stalks it's and they reminded me of the, the caretakers from last jedi yep yeah i mean i mean they, they did i think they're called the nodi i'm pretty sure oh. um but uh, I saw people saying that over online, like talking about them. So I'm assuming that's that's the official name, I think. Anyways, but but yeah, I mean, it was cool seeing those creatures because, like you said, it's like a new creature variant introduced in Star Wars. And then the fact that like Ezra is like living with them, it makes it even more interesting. Is like how, you know, how did he get to be living with these creatures versus like the other humans that, are, or I guess, other humanoids that are around? Yeah, that's the big mystery. It's like. I th I was like, oh wow! Like, why is Ezra not with Thrawn? There's well, even a lot even of if you think here. about it, Captain. Like, even if you think about it, like when Sabine before she went on her journey, before we get um past Sabine's journey, um, you know, Captain Enoch gave her like the warning about the like the people out there. Or oh whatever. yeah. So like, so like, it it makes you wonder who the pe like who those bandits are. Like, are those bandits like how would they be there? Are they are they are they um. What do you call them when you leave a crew? Like a nomad or something? No, like when you leave a, leave the army. Um. Oh, deserters. Oh yeah, yeah. Like what if they're what if they're deserters or something from Thrawn's group? Like I, you know, like I don't know. I don't know. I got the impression they're aliens. Um, yeah. Immediately, I said Embo because I seen a guy with the 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 characteristic hat of Embo. I was like, oh my gosh, is Embo in this galaxy? Mm -hmm. And then doesn't take longer for him to get felled but yeah i thought again like this this has great uh choreography i like how sabine is struggling with her blasters just not doing so well but then she takes out the lightsaber and she channels into the force and she just kicks butt at that point forward but yeah great designs it shows the the danger or even out there in another galaxy you're gonna deal with things like this and uh and even Balin was saying, oh, we might make an alliance with them or something like that to Shin at one point. But yeah, no, I, I, I like that a lot. I like these. I like this. It sprinkles in with the, the world building, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it builds it makes the world building that much more um, better, I would say. And then, you know, like you said, you have Balin and Shin like talking about all of this stuff. Like, you know, you have all this going on. It's cutting back and forth and you have. Balin and Shen like talking about like this whole location and like its importance and everything and you know Balin like talking about there being more and and all this stuff so it makes you wonder you know like Shen talked about like the Jedi Order and like Balin basically said um you know this you know he basically like shut down the the he basically shut down the idea of the old Jedi Order but it makes you wonder so like if Dave you know, I'm sure I'm sure Dave talked to Zahn at some point in this process of creating this show. Like, it makes you wonder if 
if we're going to have like a pseudo Joris Sabayoth situation Ooh. where it's like where it's like Balin is the Sabayoth and Ezra is the Luke getting recruited by Sabayoth to start his version of the Jedi Order cuz that's literally what Sabayoth did in the third book like he was literally uh you know obviously obviously in, in that series a clone but but he was basically you know a Jedi wanting to start his own version of the Jedi Order mm. and it makes you wonder like cuz Balin he didn't shut down the idea of a Jedi Order he shut down the idea of an the way the Jedi Order was before. Yeah. So it makes so it makes me wonder if we're gonna eventually have him basically try to recruit Ezra and be like, yo, you know, come on and join, you know, join me. Let's start this thing in, you know, you, yeah. me, Shin, and Sabine or something. Like so like that's what really got me thinking because what else would Balin be wanting to do out there? So like you have that idea. But here's here's one um a, a big one that's also out there. So like Lucas's one of Lucas's original sequel uh, drafts had Luke going and searching, you know, in the, in the unknown regions, basically, for the wills. And it hmm. makes you wonder, like, I don't know. I mean, could Dave... I like Because the thing is with Dave, th this is the thing with him, is he, he could get bold. Like, because Dave has that, like, Lucas-type boldness, you know. He, you know, go bold or go home with him, I feel like. So, like, it makes you wonder, like, does Dave like do a mega deep cut and like have Balin searching for like the origin of the wills or something like, you know, because he's talking about there being so much more and like, you know, even in the prior prior episodes talking about like, you know, like the beginning and all this stuff. So it just makes you wonder like, what exactly is he searching for? Yeah, it is. It is interesting. I mean, when it comes going back to Balin, I, I, yeah, you gotta imagine, like, he is, like, the most gray Jedi you'll ever see in Star Wars, I feel like, right? Like, he oh, is, yeah. like, this guy 100%. that, he is not, like, talking about the dark side at all, right? He's not like, oh, I gotta give in to the dark side, maybe he's some kind of Sith acolyte. But he's also, like, the he's dismissing, like, the idea of, like, the Jedi Council or whatever, or just the old way of doing, like, he, he, he follows the Force to his own desires, which are neither good nor bad that's why i like the character so much right now is because he is this undecided character that we're not really used to seeing in star wars a whole lot usually a lot of these characters are just especially in his eyes he's the villain of the show but he's not straight up evil he is just he's just out there for his own ends you know yeah i mean he's out there for his own ends you have shin like questioning and asking him about it it makes me also here's the thing too with balin and shin I think there's a chance we get maybe they split like like Balin is like done with the whole Thrawn stuff and Shen isn't and like you know maybe they split. Mm. Um so like maybe it's something like that. Like I don't know, it just their whole character dynamics really interesting um because like we really don't I mean we don't know anything about either of them, especially Shen. Like we don't know anything about her history. At least we know a little bit about Balin. Like Shen we don't know anything. Um yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's gonna be really interesting to see where they take, of course, like all of our lead characters, but Balin and Shin over the next two episodes. Yeah. So what was your thoughts on Ezra and his introduction? Yeah, I thought it was really good. So I was waiting. I knew soon as Sabine walked up, I thought they were gonna pull like a, uh, like kind of like a Batman Begins type trick. Like mm. I thought it was gonna be where she. I thought it was gonna be where she's standing somewhere. Camera looks at her. 
she's like looking for him and then boom Ezra's behind her like I was thinking they were going to do something like that like kind of like Commissioner Gordon and Batman like ah. going back and forth um but I knew eventually like when she started walking up I knew eventually he was going to like say something to her so like it was great like I thought it was a nice interaction um I know I saw some people like kind of complaining like oh Sabine didn't like spill her guts on yeah. the whole situation but but here okay everybody has their own the right to their own critiques blah 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 but this is my issue with that entire argument is why would sabine like why would sabine basically like this is literally telling someone hey your greatest accomplishment as a jedi or a jedi apprentice i guess or whatever your greatest accomplishment um i basically just took that and threw that right out the window because i made a deal with the devil to come find you and let thrawn basically back into our known galaxy so basically your entire mission and life's purpose is just thrown right out the window so like i don't think like to me like i don't like to say it's not a valid critique or whatever but the thing is how like in the character's point of view if you're sabine like would you really have the guts just to like own up to your friend and be like oh hey by the way all that stuff you know, you've been living out here for 10 years in the wilderness with these creatures. You know, all this stuff is basically for nothing because I made a quick deal to come find... You know, I made a deal with the bad guys to come find you. So, like, it's just... I, I don't think... I don't think... Um, I don't even think that was, like, an appropriate time to, like, give that conversation. I feel like it's going to be something like maybe we get into this week, Episode 7, and it's going to be, like, they have a moment to themselves or something, and, like, Sabine's going to be, like... You know, it'll be like Ezra's gonna be like, "Hey, what's wrong?" She'll be like, "Something, something, something," and then he'll be like, "What's?" He'll probably push her on it more, and then she'll be like, "Let me tell you everything," and then it like cuts or something. Like, I feel like she'll spill her guts eventually, but, but like that whole sequence of her like talking with Ezra, I thought it was done really well, and I'm glad they didn't make Ezra go to the pushing angle in this episode. You know, be like, "Hey, what's wrong?" Like immediately. Like so, I think they did a really good job with it. And I don't know about you, Chris, but man, the actor, um, uh, oh man. Iman. Yeah, Iman. Like him, the actor that plays Ezra, like he just nailed like the mannerisms, oh the smile. Like it, I don't know about you, but like to me, if you just like glanced at it and didn't realize it was live action, I would just picture that as animation. Like, I know. He, he nailed oh it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Iman, Iman is just fantastic just the delivery of the lines and just obviously his look it's it's literally like animation come to life but even just the interaction between him and, and sabine it felt again like that scene between thrawn and sabine this felt like rebels like this is the chemistry between the two actors um it felt right it felt like this is actually an extension of what we know you know but oh yeah yeah it's just Sabine is in so much trouble and even it even Thrawn said this when he like freed her he's like basically like you gambled the galaxy for a boy because yeah. your galaxy is about to be under a lot of duress and intensity now because you've let me go like I mean, you... I mean that's 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 literally what it is like it's like you basically you, you know that's that's the hard choice that's the character you know, people talk about characters, like, not making hard choices. That's the hard character choice Sabine has to make and has to live with now. Because now it's like, oh, I can take, like, the easy path to get to my friend. But then also I'm going to just let the biggest villain since the Emperor into our galaxy and probably unleash hell on the galaxy. So, like, it's like, what do you do? 
Like, so, um, so yeah, I really, I really, really like this whole, um, like, interaction. The character, like, the character, like, choices and, like, what they're doing with Sabine, I'm really liking how they're pushing her character along through the story, like, giving her challenges, like, you know, making, giving her character her struggles, and then, like, it's setting up future, I would say, future strife with Ezra, because, you know, eventually that's going to come out, and then Ezra's probably going to be like, whoa, what the hell's going on here? Like, you know, so I'm interested to see their interaction for sure um, this coming week, just because it's like, man, like, I don't know, I think there's a lot of potential here, and it's just like, I can't believe we only have two episodes left. It's like, we're, I'm already ready for season two. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. There's so much, so much going on. Um, as far as just like going back to, oh, not even going back to Thrawn. But yeah, going back to Thrawn at the end of the episode. Um, and I put a video about this, like Thrawn's weakness has been solved because his weakness in Rebels and his loss was because he could not predict the force. Or anything like he cannot sense. Now he has force users, the the great mothers. They talk about their thread, and something is happening. There's somebody coming, and he wouldn't have known that because it's not a ship that's approaching. They don't have sensors for Purgle, right? I don't think they do, at least. So now that is the scary part: is you have Thrawn that has this army, that has a ship again, and that has access to people that can use the force to predict things happening which will give him an actual defensive mechanism he's like you know destroy any purgle that comes out with pre prejudice you know it's just like yep. this is scary having a thrawn that is able to foresee things now yeah i mean if you think about it too you have that and you have the whole sequence of him talking to them about you know oh ahsoka's coming like so you know, tell me everything I need to know about her master, her training, her this, her whole, like, life history. So now it's it's going to be interesting to see. Um, because to me, I think with them having Thrawn ask about her master and stuff. Ooh. To me, I, I'm not sure about you, Chris, but this is my idea. Whether it be the 7th or 8th episode, we have to have a face-to-face -face with Thrawn and Ahsoka. And Ahsoka I think Thrawn's going to bring up Anakin. Um, to her like oh, yeah. because why you know why else would they have anakin why else would they have anakin um you know have thrawn give give that scene like give that dialogue i think thrawn's gonna bring it up to her so it's just like it's great we're already getting kind of that whole sh evil sherlock holmes um from thrawn in this episode and then even just adding in you know you're already starting to build like the little villain side of things it's like the little cheeky villain stuff of hey yeah, you can go find your friend. And then eventually he's like, yeah, I told her she can go find her friend, but you guys can go kill her, basically. You know, she can see her friend and then die. So, like, you know, he's already adding in some of that, like, villain-type behavior, which is good. So just, like, it, you know, it increases, like, the threat um, more and more um, to our, like, heroes and, like, everybody going forward. Yeah. Yeah, another thing I want to talk about is just the idea of the cruiser and like what is ex exactly going on because it's been 10 years does ezra just kind of leave the star destroyer on his own i'm sure we're gonna find this out next episode so i probably shouldn't even take time to talk about it but just like i'm wondering about the whole idea of the star destroyer how far can thrawn travel in the star destroyer where was he before did he find the night sisters when he first got there or did it take 
did it take them to go through like they don't maybe don't have a hyperspace they have to travel very th slowly through space or something like that there's a lot of questions i have just I have, with like overall you know i have an idea for it well chris i'm sure you would like this but i feel like they may briefly touch that but think 10 years think about how long of a comic run you could do with that stuff like <laughs> that could be a huge. That could be like a thirty-five issue comic run or something. Wait, did did you uh, put that thought out there because they released the new comic book thing that had Thrawn on the front? Oh no, no. I mean, that's just oh, my intuition, just like okay. me guessing. Because oh. uh, real quick aside, uh, earlier this week they announced Star Wars Revelations issue number one for twenty twenty-three. We had Revelations number one last year, and Revelations basically is a coming it's like a preview for the next year of star wars comics like last year they previewed every one of the five or six ongoings and like what's happening at the end of the year and it's been, it was like framed from the idea of like vader going to eye of webish bog on mustafar and yep. giving him a vision they are coming out with a similar thing and on the cover they have a they have an they have an image of thrawn in his grand admiral mm -hmm. outfit and then earlier then later on in the week they said revelations will you know give you um basically an update on these on these comics and the new and there will be new series as well so i'm instantly thinking like oh are we gonna are they gonna let a comic book writer even touch that stuff yet i don't know that's the only thing oh yeah that's true actually dave especially if there's a season two which um like rosario and all them are pushing for and stuff so like i yeah that is actually true they probably will just keep that closed off for now but um, but even with that in mind, like, yeah, I think there's a lot to tell here with Thrawn, with Ezra, with Sabine, um, with the Night Sisters. Um, also, I mean, even the thing at the end of the episode, what in the world is Thrawn like when he's like Night Sister or like come with me, Great Mothers? I need I need your dark magic. Like, like mm. what's that about? Like, like what is what in the world's he using or using their assistance for in that? Like. Maybe are they like foretelling like the future about the Republic or something? Yeah, like, maybe. Like I don't know. So I like, yeah, I so like I mean, the have... idea. Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. So you have that, and I know it. I know I've seen a lot of people talk about. Um, I mean, you you might be able to pinpoint it better than I would. Um, what book or whatever it was from, but I I know I've seen a lot of creators talk about. You know, I wonder if Dave's connecting this to. Uh, what is it in in some book or comic? The emperor was worried about what's going on in the out in the unknown regions or something. Oh, yeah. Like so, so that's yeah. Thrawn. That's the Thrawn books. But I thought it was like, I thought he was thinking of Exegol though. Mm. I thought that's what he found was Exegol, and then they go to Exegol and in the current comic mm. run in between Empire and Return of the Jedi, and they already have a base established there. Actually, in the Star Wars Timelines book, it looks like. Emperor found Exegol during the Clone Wars, even so. Maybe there is something out there extra, hmm. huh? But anyway, oh my gosh, so much to get into. Um, we can go on for so much longer, but I think it's a good time to give our thoughts and scores out of 10. Everybody out there watching live, go ahead, throw your scores in the chat, and we'll also include those as well. Milton couldn't be with us this week, um, he didn't think about the episode as highly as we did. Um, he enjoyed the Thrawn parts. He enjoyed um, basically the the other big nostalgia bits as well. Um, I'm stalling time a little bit just so I can see what he said. Yeah, this uh, he had a crazy work week. Uh, he said I watched a uh, episode. 
honestly, I thought it was okay. Nothing special. Thrawn looked good in live action. And I did like the gold-faced Stormtrooper. So, a short and sweet reaction by Milton. Um, I think he'll be back next week. Not sure. Um, yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, so, but... Yeah, as far as I'll as I, as far as I'll say, as I'm concerned, I really like this episode a lot. I was hooting and hollering with the reveal of Thrawn, a good old Star Wars reveal, right? The we organ music coming. too, Chris. We haven't talked about it. The oh, organ music. Oh, that was perfect. Yeah, that was perfect. That was really really good stuff there by the Kiners, um, throwing that in there. Oh man, it's, it's perfect, perfect. Um, taking out all the big, because I gotta try to separate the nostalgia hit moments with just the overall story. And just the overall story is good because, yes, we are getting Ahsoka. We have to kind of. It's their title of her show unless it's Book of Boba Fett, which in that case, anything's up for grabs at this point. You don't have to be a main character to show up in your show, apparently, on a week basis. But <laughs> we still got to see what's going on there. And we got forward momentum. We got a lot of forward momentum. We got a lot of great drama that is being built up between some of the characters like Ezra and Sabine and then whatever happens when Ahsoka gets there and why the heck did you you know why didn't you destroy the map to Sabine there's going to be so much drama that's going to be boiling up just the threat now we have a clear threat in Thrawn so much here I got to give it a 9 out of 10 what about you Ben yeah I mean for me I thought the episode was excellent it's one of the best uh Gosh, every week, this feels like Mando Season 2, where it's like, oh man, this is one of the best of the whole series. Oh, this is one of the best of the whole season. Like, um, to me, this has been, this was one of my favorite episodes of Star Wars television, just because it's like, hey, you know, it's world building, it's character building. We got our big Thrawn moment um, that none of us, like, you know, I would have never imagined 20 years ago reading Heir to the Empire, uh, you know, getting Thrawn in live action like this. So it was just incredible. Um, and then, of course... You know, forgetting those hype moments like that, the intrigue of the story, whether it be, you know, Ahsoka on the way with the whales or Ezra and the Nodi people. And then you got the whole intrigue of the night troopers and like, you know, if they're being controlled by the witch magic, like what's going to happen with that? Because I could see that expanding huge, like really big. So it's just there's a lot of possibilities here. And like you said, it gave forward momentum to the story and it really sets us up big for um next week it you know for me i would say the episode was a 9.5 it's it's definitely one of the best ones and but i do want to point out and it makes me wonder if they're gonna do like a i wonder if we do like a game of thrones type thing where we get a mm. battle next week yep. and then a wrap up in the following week so it makes me really wonder if we get a battle i guess i keep saying next week and it's only two days away in 48 yeah. hours people will be watching the show um but it makes me wonder if we're going to get a battle this week and then some type of a wrap-up the following week. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, you have these possibilities. And to me, like, the show just keeps getting better and better each week. Like, it's just, a, this was a perfect, like, because I'm kind of viewing these last three episodes as kind of like a mini-movie-ish type thing. Like, this is a good first act to the movie, mm -hmm. I would say. Yeah, I think you have a good assessment uh, at 9.5 out of 10. Yep, very good, very good, very good. Uh, if I were to predict how the rest of the season's going to go next week, as you said, in Game of Thrones, the, the that penultimate episode is always the big battle one. We're going to get the big death scenes of something. Hey, maybe Ezra will die. Maybe that'll be the big thing. Maybe all this, all this trouble, all this strife to get to Ezra, 
he gets killed thrawn gets released it's the empire strikes back of all star wars with this huge uh downer of, a, of an ending and then we're gonna have to wait like three years to see the next season or whatever it's gonna be like but i mean the next episode will be the big battle can't wait for that can't wait to see multiple jedi fighting undead stormtroopers and maybe with some night magic going on with some green effects and then that last episode is probably going to be your falling action, going to be your resolution. It's going to be Thrawn entering the known galaxy, maybe reuniting with Paleon, giving us a, a glimpse at what might be coming down the line in whatever episode it is. And guess what? I don't think anybody else is making it back off that planet. I think yeah, this is, yeah. I think this is, Ben, I think this is how these characters are not going to be able to interact um, with anybody in the sequel trilogy. I think these characters get marooned on this planet and they're going to be stuck there for a very, very, very long time. And hell, that might even spawn another movie or something. I think that's going to be a big opener. It's like, okay, Sabine, Ahsoka, uh, Ezra, everybody's going to be left out on that planet in another galaxy. Yeah. I mean, I could, I feel like it's heading in that type of direction, like your assessment, just because, like, I guess from my point of view, is how. How are our heroes going to get back? Because are they going to just... Like, I don't know. I don't think Thrawn's going to let him sneak onto the Chimera right before he takes off and goes with him. Like, you know what I mean? So it just makes you wonder how they're going to get back. I mean, I, I guess unless they find, like, a Purgle that's not going there to die, maybe. But, but other than that, like, I don't know how the heroes are going to get back. So I think we're heading into this type of a direction where it's going to be, like, your action maybe next week. And then, you know, your resolution the following week. Um... Like you said, maybe it's going to be like Thrawn popping back into the known galaxy. Maybe, hey, maybe like in the finale or something, we get a cut to like Mon Mothma getting like an alert from like Carson Teva on the Outer Rim or something saying, holy smokes, yep. like, you know, we have, we're in huge trouble. The entire like Chimera fleet has showed up or something. Oh so my like, gosh. Like maybe it's something like that. Maybe we get, hey, here's a wild card cameo. We, I mean, there's a chance we get him. It's like, what if in the finale... Thrawn calls that council. What if we see Moff Gideon like in terror or something like, you know, terrified, like, cause maybe they get a thrall call from Thrawn or something like, um, oh. maybe, it's something, maybe it's, maybe it's something along those lines. Cause you know, Gideon talks so much crap about Thrawn and like, to me, like, I don't know. It's just bad. It's just forecasting. Like eventually Thrawn's going to be like, Hey, uh, I'm the one in control here. So yeah. like, I think there's a lot of possibilities where we're heading um man i'm just so excited two days away <laughs> yeah and that'll single-handedly blow blow the minds of a lot of people i've been saying it i think they killed one of moff gideon's clones i think the real moff oh, yeah. gideon was somewhere else so that'd be a nice a nice little zinger not only do you get like the reveal of of thrown in a known galaxy but then it's like oh crap that's actually the real moff gideon whoops <laughs> yeah i i feel like they have to be heading that way with gideon because I don't know, he kind of went out like a chump. Like they gotta, they they gotta serve that character a little better justice. Yeah, yeah. Well, that will do it for me and Ben here on Outer Rim Transmission, episode 123. Thanks for uh, everybody in the chat. Royal, uh, Royal Farm Boy Sims. I think the Night Troopers are android types powered by the witches. Yeah, I, I still think they are organics. I don't, I don't think they're androids. Um, although their voices, like I said, definitely sounded like androids, but. Yeah, that that is interesting. I mean, I mean, they might be talking like that literally because they're dead. You know what I mean? They yeah. don't have emotion. Exactly. 
Uh, George says hi there. Hello there. Lowdown show. Hello. Thanks everybody for joining in the chat. You can follow us at our respective social platforms. You can find me on Twitter at Star Raptor. Ben, where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram talking Star Wars fitness or the NFL at Real Ben Maynard on both of those handles. And then you can find Milton Weber or you can find Milton at Milton Weber 7 on Twitter and then Milton 7 Weber on Instagram. Yeah, there you have it. So for everybody here on the YouTube channel for me, Ben Milton, you can follow us youtube.com slash star raptor for the latest on all star wars and go ahead and search outer rim transmission on android on spotify on apple and please give us the reviews for those good positive star wars vibes join a really cool star wars community as well join us every sunday at 7 p.m here youtube.com slash star raptor so that's gonna do it for me for ben for milton who couldn't be here this was episode 123 of outer rim transmission May the force be with you always in transmission.